You're listening to episode 31 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Today's guest is Melanie Knights, and we covered a lot in this episode. We even went down rabbit holes that neither one of us were expecting to go down, and I think that you are going to get a ton out of this interview. So Melanie is a former fat loss coach turned business coach and productivity junkie, as she likes to refer to herself, helping emerging female entrepreneurs to accelerate their businesses to consistent monthly income without having to work 24-7. That's really the main key that I want to underscore here. The other thing is, is that we cover a lot of time management tools, productivity, We cover body image. We talk about uh, significant weight loss. Melanie herself has undergone significant uh, amounts of weight loss and has worked with other women in the past uh, when she was a fat loss coach as well. And we cover some of the issues that can come up when you lose that weight. It can really change your life socially, uh, emotionally, mentally, every possible way that can have a massive effect. So we really get into that as well. Even if you aren't an entrepreneur, you're going to get a ton out of this in terms of managing your time. This is a huge issue. This is something that I have struggled with in the past. I'm still working on daily in terms of learning to set things like priorities and intentions, as opposed to letting your to-do list get the best of you and just having it go on and on that never ending list that literally never ends. And we just can never get past that. So we're going to go into all of that as well. So Melanie actually lives in the UK, so you can, uh, anyone in North America can enjoy her beautiful accent with her husband and son, but they are planning on moving to the States at some point uh, in the next five years or so. So if you're as ready to chuck the to-do list as much as I am some days, then get ready because Melanie is going to be dropping all kinds of knowledge on us. Today I have Melanie Knights with me. Melanie, hi. (laughs) Hi. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. (laughs) Oh, thank you for taking the time. I'm so pumped to have you. I'm really excited about today because we're going to get into some really cool stuff about like productivity and time management. But before that, let us know who who Melanie is and what you're about, how you got to where you are. I'm I'm super excited to hear the story. This is always my favorite part of the interview. Yeah. So, okay. So my name is Melanie. Um, I am from the UK. I am a business coach and a productivity expert. Um, also I call myself a productivity junkie cause I've kind of always been very, I've always been very organized. I guess there's a little bit of type A that comes through, but it's always been in my nature to be organized and be very aware of my time and, and, and efforts around that as well. Um, so how did I get here? I guess it's, uh, I'll keep it short. Um, but it's okay. It, if you want to go long, I always like the long version too, whatever you want. <laughs> well, I mean, so I wasn't always a business coach, um, up until the, about a year ago. So, uh, September, 2017, I was actually working in the health and fitness space. Um, I got to that point through my own weight loss journey. I'm using air quotes. I know you can't see me, but, um, it was a journey in which I lost a significant amount of weight and I found that I actually enjoyed exercise and I enjoyed eating um, in a way that made my body feel great. And so I ended up getting certified as a personal trainer in 2000 and gosh, 2013. Um, And I was working in the corporate world, but that was not in the same industry. It was not something I was enjoying. And I saw my fitness Uh, my fitness passion as a way to get out of the corporate space that I wasn't enjoying. And I knew I wanted to start my own business. I'd actually always wanted to work for myself. And um, the the passion and transition that I had with going from corporate to entrepreneur was very similar to the way I felt about changing my health and improving my health. 
Um, it was really this case of, I need to do it now or it's not going to happen. I feel like there's no, there needs to be no more waiting around. Um, and since then I've realized that's the same for almost any goal that we have. Um, it's, it becomes that point where we are very uncomfortable um, or too comfortable in our discomfort and we want to make a change. And so in 2015, I decided that I was going to invest in a mentor and I was going to start this business thing. And I've been doing that ever since. Um, I'm also a wife and a mother. Um, I'm coffee obsessed and I love country music and that's what you'll find me doing most days. Um, and I'm, you know, I absolutely love what I do. I love working with the, the clients I have and being able to see them live out their passion and their dreams as well. It's really, really fun. Oh, so much good stuff there to dive into. I, I mean, one thing that uh, always really stands out to me is when, when you said that you saw fitness as like being a, a trainer, in other words, as sort of your way out of the corporate space, uh, you and I definitely have that in common because I think that uh, there, there just reached a point where I was so unhappy with my job that I would basically grasp at anything that came my way that looked like it could be a way out. So what kind of, what is it that really appealed to you the most to be an entrepreneur in, as opposed to working at a corporate job? Because lots of people have corporate jobs and, and they love them too. And, and you can always, you know, change jobs and, and stuff like that within that world. So what, what was it that appealed to you the most about being self-employed? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think, um, I, re I remember that I, I was 15 and uh, here in the UK at that age, we're still in, I'm trying, I don't know what the difference is, but we're in high school and we are studying for our GCSEs, which I guess would be like the SATs. Um, and we have to do work experience. And at that time, so my mom was a nurse and my dad was a firefighter. <laughs> so there was this kind of, this expectation that I was going to help people, but I do not like blood. And I didn't really want to be a firefighter. So it was like, <laughs> what am I going to do? And so I, you know, there was a moment when I wanted to be a psychologist and I feel like somewhere in my business, I get to do that a little bit without having to go to university. Um, but at that time I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to work in law. And honestly, I think I had this very big vision of what it meant to be a lawyer, <laughs> which I think is not true, but um, I did work experience at this law firm and my, obviously my experience was not working alongside a lawyer. I guess maybe I didn't make it clear in my application and I ended up in the mail room. And all I remember is how miserable everybody was. And I was like, wow. Okay. And I, I just very quickly realized, okay, I don't want to do this. This isn't where I want to go. And I started actually working in, um, corporate space in, when I was 18, I actually left sixth form or college and started working full time. And I don't regret it at all, but very quickly I realized that what I had in my head as a, the image of corporate world or the job that I wanted was not the job that I was getting. Now there was a lot of mindset going on for me at that point. Um, my dad had passed away a couple of years prior. And so there was a lot of struggle there that I didn't realize at the time with a, regards to me kind of losing my passion. And I was just kind of doing what I thought I should do rather than going back to that 15 year old who was like, I can do anything. And there was nothing was going to stop me. So for me, it was a very long journey to get to a point where actually I wanted, or I knew that the entrepreneurial space was something I could do. Um, it started because I hired a personal trainer and he came to my home. He, he trained me and I started blogging about my own journey at that time, my weight loss journey. And it was just a passing comment where he had said, you know, you could do this for a living. And I was like, don't be crazy. It was just, to me, the girl who had written notes to get out of sports at school and had always disliked sports, that was crazy. But I came around to the idea and with most things, I dive in head first. And so that was it. Like within a month I had paid the, the fees for joining the course and I was studying and that was it. And that became... The thing is, it kind of defined me for quite a long time. It was like, that was who I was. And I think a lot of people didn't expect me to ever leave the corporate space because I had been, I think I'd been studying and saying I was going to leave for about two or three years. Um, so when I actually left in the September of 2016, um, it was like, well, I knew this day was coming, but I didn't expect it to. And, 
And that was kind of how I ended up just knowing that it was the right choice for me. I just knew that it was the right thing. Hmm, that's so interesting. And, and it's so funny that you say that about getting work experience because you thought you would be a lawyer because I, I too was again, like in the identical situation, I was sure I was going to be a lawyer. And I started uh, my, my corporate job that I ended up working for 11 years, but there was about a month there in the middle, uh, well, closer to the beginning than the middle where um, my boss at the time actually was the one who hooked me up with uh, a lawyer because he thought that, you know, he, he didn't expect me to stay there as long as I did. Neither did I, frankly. So he, he hooked me up with this lawyer and it was awful. I went to work there and it was the same thing. They seemed to have pegged me as something that I was not at all. They basically gave me some kind of corner office. I'm like, what? I am not a lawyer. <laughs> and I had like all this paperwork stacked up. I was freaking out. I didn't know what to do. And I left after I think three weeks because it was, it became very clear to me that just that entire world, everyone was extremely negative. Everyone seemed stressed all the time. Unfortunately, that's probably how, how the law profession can sometimes kind of get an unfortunate name. Unfortunately, that's so funny. Um, the other thing that I really like is that there are people that come into our lives sometimes I think that can really plant those seeds of possibility. And that trainer is what did that for you, which I think is so cool because sometimes there's things that we just don't even think about until someone suggests it to us or puts that in front of us. And we're like, Oh, wait a minute, that, that could actually work. <laughs> That's so fascinating how, how that can happen. Do you feel like you have been able to do that for other women through your work in terms of uh, suggesting things to them that they may never have, have thought of for themselves and opened them up to that possibility? Yeah, I think, um, I think what's really interesting is, is, Actually, when I was doing um, Phallos coaching, so that was what I was doing from basically end, end of 2015 through to, uh, I guess, late summer of 2017. And the reason I actually pivoted my business was because the clients that I was working with, um, they, they obviously came to me because there was either you know, a desire to lose weight and they had, the women I was working with had large amounts of weight to lose and it was impacting their health. So it wasn't necessarily, you know, that their, their goal was not to fit into a certain dress size or bikini. It was more about like my health is being negatively impacted by my weight and I have to do something. Some of them had, you know, illnesses. Um, I had cancer survivors, you know, things like that. And what was really fascinating to me was that every single client that I worked with, something else was going on. Like it wasn't about the food. And I know you know this as well. It wasn't about the food and it wasn't about the exercise. Like they were doing what they were supposed to do. They were doing, you know, they were eating a certain way and they were helping themselves with their health. But the problem was they'd get to this point where they'd suddenly say, okay, but now what's going on? because I'm still not happy and I'm still not where I want to be. And yet I'm, I'm, you know, I'm seeing the pounds drop off or I'm seeing the inches lost or I'm feeling better in myself, but my, but mentally I'm still not happy. And I actually ended up with one client who within a couple of months of working with me, um, she ended up, she was actually a, she was actually a trainer at a gym and she was burnt out and she ended up quitting that job. Um, she ended up taking about four or five months off. And then after we worked together, she actually went back to that gym, but she went back on her terms. So she's, she had no problem with saying this, but she was a self-proclaimed yes woman. Like she was saying yes to everything. Yeah, sure. I'll work extra shifts. Yeah, sure. I'll teach 15 classes this week, but she'd lost herself in that. And so she left that job, went back and she just kind of found something in her that she had lost. Um, and I had another client who ended up deciding she wanted to run her own business, um, which was really interesting to me because that wasn't something we had necessarily spoken about, but she had realized that things that she had been through in her life, she could help others. And so she ended up doing that. And I don't know whether it's because of the way I was coaching or because I was so open to having those conversations that led to us talking much more about how they could transform other areas of their life or improve the way they felt about their careers or their relationships. Um, but it, it 
just left this this feeling in me that there was like this this void that I wasn't fulfilling in my business and I realized that, that was when I was at that point I was more excited to talk about being an entrepreneur more excited about running my business than I was specifically talking about fat loss anymore and that's when I decided to to do that that pivot I have so many questions. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so funny. So, okay. First of all, I always find, and I have found this recently as well. I feel like personal growth or, or development, whatever you want to call it is contagious because again, it's almost like planting those seeds of possibility that people, you know, we, we don't think of something a certain way until somebody else presents this other option. And then we're like, Oh, Hey, that looks pretty good. How'd you get that? <laughs> And then we start to examine it a little bit more closely. The other thing I really want to ask you about as well, actually, before we kind of go into sort of more mindset piece is I, I'm always fascinated to know more about the mindset for anyone who, the mindset and the changes that, that people undergo for anyone who has lost significant amounts of weight. Like we're talking well beyond, you know, the, the 10 to 20 pounds that, everyone says they, they want to lose like all day, every day. When it's a significant amount of weight, that can have massive impacts on one's life in, in so many different areas. I would love to get your thoughts on that because I think it's really, really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, so I guess I can talk from personal experiences. So um, I have spent most of my life being, I spent most of my life overweight um, or having, and again, you can't see my, my quote marks, but having a weight problem let's say um and it wasn't a weight problem but that was the perception and I started dieting when I was about 10 or 11 um and that was what I had grown up watching my mum do my mum was never happy with her body and that was what I had seen and I uh, 2009 it was New Year's Eve my husband proposed and literally the next morning I was we were in New York and I woke up in the hotel room and I was like oh my gosh like I don't want to get married at this size. Like this isn't what I had in mind and this is not what I planned. And so when we came home, it was like straight on what I knew at the time, which was restrictive diets and joining a gym, even though I had no idea what I was doing and all these kinds of things. And by the time we got to our wedding in August of 2011, I had lost, I don't, I guess I'd lost maybe, I want to say around 45 to 50 pounds um, in that 18 month period. And I remember you know, looking at my wedding photos and on my bachelorette party being so, so happy. And I, I wore shorts for the first time and like things that I had, these like little markers that I had set myself that had never felt worthy enough to do. I was finally able to do that. But when we returned home, it was like, I said, I do. And now what? Like, I didn't have this, this thing that I was like rushing to, towards. I didn't have this reason why or this perceived reason why. And it was actually the January of the following year that I invested in this trainer. We had moved home and he lived nearby. But I think I heard this, this, I don't know where I heard it. And I heard it once when I was on my, my, in the kind of the, probably the lengthier weight loss journey where I lost the most weight, which was in 2012. And I remember reading this or hearing it that if you've spent most of your life overweight and you lose vast amounts of weight, I lost a hundred pounds. That's, that's you incredible, to, by the way. Yeah, but you don't know how to live life that way. Like, it's not normal. It was never normal for me to weigh 140 pounds. It was normal for me to be, you know, I don't know, 180, 200 pounds. Like, it was normal for me to be there. It was normal for me to go up the scale. It was not normal for me. And I mean normal at my own standard. Like, I did not know how to live at that size. And the the mental scars were much worse because I would look in the mirror and I look at these pictures now and I'm like, what was going on? Like for me in my head, but I look at these pictures now and obviously I can see the, the, just the amazing transformation. But at the time, all I saw was flaws at the time I would look in that mirror and I felt like a fraud. I would look at myself and think, who are you? this is not who I am because that was not how I had ever lived. And that wasn't who, and I've heard this so many times from other women who have lost vast amounts of weight and they just don't know how to live their life like that. Um, and one of the struggles I had was 
if I went out in public wearing shorts or I don't know, a tight dress, it may be to everyone else around me. There was, what was the issue? Like I didn't look any, I looked fine. I looked nice, but in my head, they could see like in my head, they could see that I was this. And again, I'm using air quotes, but I was this former fat girl. Like that was what I felt because the scars were there. Like it wasn't, it wasn't normal for me to be that size. That's so interesting. And thank you for sharing that because that's, I think that that's something that um, doesn't get talked about enough. And I, I really appreciate your perspective on that. And you have like just accomplishing something like that, losing that kind of weight, that is just an incredible, incredible accomplishment. And your health will certainly, I'm sure, pay off for it as you're already feeling all the effects of that. That's absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm blown away by your story uh, in, in that regard. This is so, so cool. Um, okay, we'll switch gears a little bit because I have all kinds of like productivity and time management things that, that I want to, uh, to talk to you about as well. So I mean, one of, one of the biggest issues that I hear from most clients and just about every entrepreneur out there <laughs> is that there's not enough hours in the day and how do we fit this all in and how do you, how do you work with people to make changes to their time management? Yeah, I, I, think it's, I think as you say, it's really interesting because the time factor it became really apparent to me as a business owner. And it was only then that I looked back and I was like, wow, that was the excuse I used for everything back in the day. Like I would be watching TV and saying I didn't have time to go to the gym or I didn't have time to do X, Y, or Z, anything that was basically healthier than what I was doing at that point. Um, and so I do feel like time is one of the, if not the biggest factor and I guess excuse as to why we don't do things um, in any realm the way I manage is I actually literally had a conversation with someone yesterday where it was, I need more time. And I was like, well, I don't, I can't do that. Like I literally, I wish I could. And if I could, I would be a millionaire right now, but <laughs> I cannot give you more time. I was like, it's about managing what you have. And this, this is one of those, those things that I think we lose percept we lose perspective of very easily. So when I was working in full time in corporate, uh, my son was about one year old when I went back to work full time, and so I was working in a thirty seven hours or forty hour a week job, and I was building my business. I was also going to the gym three or four times a week, and I the most common thing I would get was I don't know how you do all this, and. I wasn't really sure how I was doing it all. And I'm not necessarily, you know, I don't think I was necessarily sleeping as much as I should be, but I also know there were certain things that were a priority for me. I wanted out of that corporate world. I wanted my business to thrive. So I put in as much time and energy into it as I could. And the way I talk about this with, with women now is, you know, it's about managing the hours you have being really brutally honest about where your time is being spent. And it's, it's, it's about auditing what you've already got. And I always encourage people to look at like the busiest 24 hours, like the busiest day of the week. So no matter who you are or what you are doing in your life right now, whether you are working full time, you're a stay at home mom, whatever it is, if you have goals that you feel like you're not achieving, I always suggest looking at your busiest day and literally writing it out. Like from the moment you woke up to the moment you go to sleep, what is it you're doing? And becoming really aware of that and being honest about the time that potentially you have there that you're not using. And when I do this with clients, I found an hour. I had a client who found four hours. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, like that is, I, I put a big disclaimer on that. That is not normal. But there's that Instagram okay. scroll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, what were you doing? Oh, I was, yeah, on Facebook. <laughs> um, but most people will find an hour, an hour a day. And I'm like, right, what is it that you're not, what is it that you're missing in your life that you're not achieving right now that you want to achieve? That hour should be spent doing that. If it's a priority and if it's not a priority, then that's absolutely fine. But it needs to not be this, this, you don't need to give it as much energy. There's too much energy spent on things that you don't feel are a priority, but you want to, there's this perception that you should be doing or you want to do it. 
Um, and, and so I encourage women to order their time and actually get really clear on where that time is going because I feel like that's the first step. And once you have that in place, it's that much easier to then say, right, well, this is my time to do this and giving yourself pre-planned purpose with it as well, rather than oh, I found this hour, but now I'm going to, it's going to get lost in the Facebook scroll, which is fine if that's what you want to do. But if it's not, if there's something more important or something more of a priority, then that's where you should be thinking about how you can fit that in. Mm, I so agree. And it, it is interesting because I find that, that a lot of people start to shift their priority, their priorities uh, drastically when they figure out what their, what their bigger purpose is sort of, you know, what's your why, and then dig a little bit deeper into that why to really get to the root of it. Like, and, and I'm sure you, you went through this, uh, with clients as a fat loss coach as well, that, you know, people will say they just want to lose weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? When you go down that hole, then you start to get to the, the really big things. Like I want to have the energy and, you know, the, the strength and mobility to chase after my kids or all of that type of stuff that is really the real deep reason. And when we get to that, I think that then it, it likely becomes much easier to make everything else fall into place to work towards that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I, and I think that's why, you know, when I first decided I was going to make any changes to my life at all, when it happened to be with my health, it was, you know, I had this, this, this wedding that I, I was getting married and that was my reason why at that time. But obviously that reason why expired. And it never occurred to me that it could be for more than an event. And as I, you know, as I immersed myself in the health and fitness industry, and I learned more, not just about my health and about fitness, but I learned about running online businesses and things like that. It became clear to me that when I had that, that passion and that, that reason why it had to it had to not have an expiration date. I think it's like Gary Vaynerchuk always says, like his idea is he wants to buy the jets, but he doesn't actually want to buy them. And it's the, it's the same kind of thing for us, you know, in any perception, in any goal that we have, oftentimes the journey is actually the reason we want to do it in the first place. Like it's not the end result. And I think when we can, when we can make that switch and we can see it, the bigger purpose is actually becoming part of the journey. That's when we are much more likely to stay with it and be more consistent with it. Uh, so beautifully put. And I mean, when we, when we start talking about priorities and stuff more as well, I think that, I, I mean, I, I wonder how often it is that you speak to women who will do what you suggest about the sort of time audit, taking their busiest day and, and seeing where they can find some extra time. But maybe within that, do you find that they're also then starting to switch around days like that to prioritize different things altogether? Because maybe by working with you, they're starting to get more clear on what that bigger purpose or why is as well. Yeah, I think, um, I, th I mean, obviously my clients are, are running businesses and I think there is that, um, from the experience I've had with them, is they get clear with the time, but it opens up a lot of a, a lot of other avenues. So it's 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 they start to notice other parts of their that for them it's their business. They notice other parts of their business that are maybe not fully aligned with their lifestyle or their schedule or what they were expecting. And I mean, in in total honesty, even I go through that, and I've been through that frequently over the last, I guess the last year since I pivoted my business. Um, and even right now I'm going through that phase where I'm like, something feels off, but it's about allowing ourselves to feel that and go with it and lean into it and allow ourselves to figure it out. It's way easier to say, Oh no, no, I can't, I can't prioritize that now because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Or I can't explore this idea because this is where my qualification is, or this is the career I've had for the last 10, 20, however many years. It's easier to say no to our dreams because of something that we have been doing or this kind of white picket fence expectation than actually challenging the status quo. And I feel like 
something inside of me has always wanted to challenge that status quo. And I've always been more willing to jump into things and see what's on the other side um, rather than staying on this very specific path of I have to do this and I have to stay in this, in this lane. And I think that that's a really common theme sort of throughout this as well is that when, when we get too comfortable in our comfort zone, or, or sorry, when we get too uncomfortable in our comfort zone, that's when we realize that we, that we have to make a change. And then that's when we'll, we will really start to recognize that we are out of alignment. But are there other, other suggestions that you have as to how people can sort of start to figure out what would feel in alignment? Yeah, I mean, there's this really great piece of advice that I always go back to, which is you always know the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You, you always know the answer. Uh, for example, and I can only, you know, it happens to be that I'm going through something right now where I'm feeling it keeps showing up for me. You know, the universe has a really great way of showing us the answers. And right now for me, there is this, the system that keeps showing up, there's something that keeps showing up in my life and I keep seeing it and I'm like, I can't ignore you anymore. (laughs) But it's also really scary because it's very different to anything I have tried to do in my business previously. And so I'm cautious, but I'm exploring it with caution, if that makes sense. Um, The ways in which I have been exploring it right now are through making sure that I happen to do a morning routine And my morning routine depends on how I'm feeling at the time. But because of this, because I'm so aware of this, this kind of situation that's happening, I am making sure that I do my meditations in the morning. And that always allows me to open up to what's happening. It was a great support for me at the beginning of this year when I wanted to leave my job at the gym and go full time into online business. but I'm also really looking at the questions that I ask myself. And I think this is really important. One of the things that we can get really caught up in is asking ourselves, like, why is this so hard? Like, I think with anything that we try to do, you know, for me, when I was trying to lose weight, why is this so hard? Why is it so difficult for me? But instead I'm switching that around and asking myself questions like, how can I make this easier? Like, yes, it's going to be hard. Anything we want to achieve that is not comfortable for us will be hard if we can ask ourselves questions like, okay, how can I make this easier? And instead of asking, it's going, instead of saying things like it's going to take so long to get there, how can I make it happen? Like how, what, what will it take for this to happen for me? Um, and that's really helping me to just be very aware of anything that's going on in my life that either I'm feeling out of alignment with and that I want to, either I want to be connected to it or maybe it's just not right. And again, you will figure that out in your own time. And I think we just become very impatient because we want results in any, with anything. We want results yesterday. And sometimes it just takes a little bit longer than that to get those results. We'll see what's actually happening. Totally agree. Impatience is definitely one of my finer qualities. <laughs> so it's always a tough lesson to learn when, uh, when that kind of slaps me in the face. I'm like, oh, I, I, this doesn't happen in just a split second. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. Well, I also speaking of impatience, uh, I really struggle with, um, I've talked to you about this before setting unrealistic to do lists that are a mile long. (laughs) Yeah. And then I will either get really overwhelmed and do absolutely nothing on them and then get even more frustrated. And then my anxiety just continues to build, or I will probably realistically only be able to knock off a couple of items, especially if some things take longer than others or uh, longer than I thought they were going to anyway. Mm-hmm. So what, what's your best advice for someone like me? Because sort of finding ways to stick with particular intentions for the day, things like that, I, I need to improve on that. And I, I know a lot of other people do as well. So I would love your advice on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I made, I made this statement a few months ago. Um, and it, it, I, I really stand by it. Like if we stop priority, we can't prioritize our to-do lists and that's what happens. Like we get these to-do list pads and 
these to-do list pads basically set us up for failure because they probably have like 1200 lines on them. And so our thought is, Oh, I need to fill this. Like I need to fill this entire page with things I need to do. And especially for you and I running our own businesses, there is always something to do. Like it does not matter what day of the week is you will find something to do. And I'm sure that's the same for everyone else, but it just looks a little different. Um, but with our to-do list, we tend to prioritize the things that we put on our to-do list instead of looking at, in our case, what is actually going to potentially move the dial in our business, going to reach new clients or put us in front of a new audience. So when we look at these tasks that we have, um, it's really important that we do you know, trying to minimize how many we give ourselves, being realistic with that time that we have available. So one of the things that I have been really aware of over this summer, um, my, I have a son and he's in nursery, but our childcare has been all over the place this summer because his nursery closed. And so it has meant that every week has looked different for me. And I have definitely been challenged with my, my priority management in that way. But one of the things I have got into the habit of doing is looking at each day. Okay. So if I know Grayson is in nursery from half past eight in the morning until half past three in the afternoon, it would be easy to look at that and go, Oh, I have half eight till half three, but I don't have half past eight till half past three. I realistically, once I have had breakfast, tidied up, got ready, it's probably like half past nine or closer to 10 o'clock. And so I look at that and I, I set myself hours of which I'm going to be productive hours in which I'm going to do these tasks. And I still struggle with what you have just mentioned about certain tasks. They end up taking longer than you expected. It's like, especially things that you don't do all the time. So for me, that could be running a Facebook ad every time that catches me out and it ends up taking twice or more, twice as long or more than that than I was expecting. And so those kinds of tasks, I started to just note down and be more aware of how long does it take me and how can I make this easier rather than it being so hard. But what I do is I write out for the week projects that I know I need to work on, anything that I know needs to be done. And for in the case of you and I, if I have, for example, um, emails that I need to write, I won't just write down, I need to write emails. It's like, how many emails do I have to write? And I'm very clear on how much or the quantity of what I have to do is, is there rather than it just being one block task. And each day I set myself the most important, the most, the tasks that I would, if I looked at that and said, I did these three things today, would I see myself as being productive and not in a, this is where my self-worth, not, not where my self-worth is, but but I feel that I have had a productive day if I completed just these three things. Ignore the rest of the list. If I completed these three tasks today, would I be productive? Would this have moved my business forward in some way? And I've just recently, in the last probably six months, I've become much more aware of tasks that are more profit-driven rather than just doing things for the sake of it, um, which I think is very easy for us to get into the habit of doing. I was recently having a conversation with somebody and I said, I think the corporate world can affect us in this way where it is normal for you to go into the office, sit down at your desk, open your emails and just start reading emails and start deleting emails and then mark emails as unread. And it's one of those things as entrepreneurs, we just cannot get caught up in because, and even in the corporate space, when I think about it now, everyone I knew in my office would log in. The first thing we did in the morning was check emails and we would mark emails as unread. We would never reply to anything. It was just this process of like opening, reading, marking as unread and then going back and going, Oh, I've got a new email. No, it's the email I marked as unread. And it's these things that take up so much time and that are not doing anything, whether you're in corporate or you're in as, as an entrepreneur, they're not doing anything. They're not helping you, you know, make profit or, work on that project. It's just, they're just these little things that waste our time. And so it's, it's, it really is about focusing on what's important. Three tasks that that day, if I looked at this at the end of the day and I only did those three things, would I be like, yes, that's what I've done. I'm really productive. And 
then having these other tasks that if things don't take as long as you expect, being able to go back. And I absolutely love the Pomodoro technique for this as well. I think it's really, really helpful to give yourself those breaks that you need, but it can also be a little bit of kind of competition with yourself. Like, can I do this in 25 minutes? <laughs> that can be really fun as well. Oh, I really like that a lot. Yeah. Setting a timer is definitely key because otherwise if we just set a set a block of time aside, you know, like four hours and a mile long to do list, how long really is it going to take us to get anything on that list done? Because the first task that we'll start, we'll think, Oh, you know, it's fine. We've, we've got four hours. And then four hours go by and we're just finishing. <laughs> and that's the yeah. only thing that we've gotten to. It's so easy to fall into that trap. And it, I mean, the other, the other thing that I can't remember if it was you, I heard this from or somebody else um, about changing our language around things like this. And instead of saying, I'm going to, I'm going to work on something, you're going to tell yourself, I'm going to you know, create something or I'm going to complete something. And then even if, if it's some big, huge project that you're working on, if you have broken that down into appropriately, you know, bite-sized areas, then you should be able to complete that one small task within X period of time, like however many hours or however much time you've got to assign to it. And just that little mental switch of going, okay, I'm not just working on this. I need to have this done. I am completing it in X time. I think that that can be really, really useful to to use to our advantage in order to, to get more done. Yeah. And, and I would add to that, that also a task will take as long as we allow it to take. Like, I don't know about you, but if you've ever sat down, as you say, to write an email and you have four hours, it's going to take you four hours. Then there's a day when maybe you only have 30 minutes, same email only takes you 30 minutes because it's time isn't even real. Like the only reason it exists is because we measure it with clocks. Like it's not even a real thing. And so it is this, this, this thing that we have created and we spend so much of our time measuring what we are doing by this, by time when time management isn't real because it can't be managed, but it's not even real to start with. And so oftentimes the other thing is I would say we, as individuals, we need to become aware of our own relationship with time. Like I will never know what day is, but I always know what the time is. Like that's just how that seems to just be my thing. Like I could, every time I do a Facebook live, I'm like, Hey, happy. And then I just nope, have no idea what day is, <laughs> but I know what time is. I'm always very aware of that. And, and people can be completely opposite. They just have no perception of time. And it's, it's being okay with that, being allowing yourself to be okay with the fact that maybe this isn't my strength and finding ways to manage it and help yourself. And in, in so you can be, it can become something that you work on it and you know become stronger at well in another area that i i really struggle with and i talk to a lot of people who are uh, sort of similar in that you know type a facet <laughs> area do you find that, that people can become too focused on productivity yes so basically feeling like yeah like feeling like like we <laughs> failed if we aren't constantly productive 100 of the time right <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I actually only just recently in the last few months heard about this, like this process, this, this process of mindful productivity. But the idea is that, you know, we can, and I, I'm not, I'm guilty of this a hundred percent, that my entire self-worth is in like, how productive have I been today? And if I haven't ticked, as you said, like everything off of my to-do list, then I am a complete failure and I am, you know, sucking at life. And that's just not true. Um, and so again, that needs to be something that I guess we are aware of in each of our own personalities that if, if we start to feel very unhappy and kind of spiral when we get to the end of a day and we haven't achieved things, the, the awareness is important there because if, if you're not aware of it, then there's no problem. So if there starts to be a problem, that means you're building awareness around it. And so I think it's important for those of us who have tendency to measure our worth in how much we can do, it's really important for us to look at the, first of all, to you know, realize that we have an abundance of time. Time is our friend, is always available for us. And that's, you know, realistically what's going to happen if we don't tick everything off. And I mean, 
it, personally, if, if anybody takes one thing away from this, I hope everybody throws their to-do list out the window. But, you know, if we are going to have a to-do list, just being very kind to ourselves because we have a tendency of putting 10 things on that list, taking one thing off, adding seven. And so by the end of the week, you've got a list that's four times, five times as long as it was to start with. And, you know, don't carry things over. Like don't carry tasks over from one day to the next. And if you do, you know, you need to either do it, delete it or delegate it. It's that simple. Like it has to just be one of those three things, get it done, get rid of it or ask somebody else to do it. That is pure gold right there. <laughs> pure gold because it's so true every, every week lately. And I've had a bit of a, we're, we're recording this in August and I've, I've had a bit of a, a tough August in terms of productivity because my, my energies have, have just been spent elsewhere and they have needed to be like, there've been family things going on and, and emotional things that I have had to spend my, my mental energy on as opposed to my to-do list. So I have not been particularly productive this month and every week my to-do list has gotten longer because all those things that I didn't get done the one week, they still need to get done. So they're just getting carried over and it's exactly what you said. And then it just starts to become crushingly overwhelming because every time you look at the to-do list, it's grown by another mile. You're like, Oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, you know, and, and this is, I mean, that's the, what am I trying to say? It's a great tip, like for any, you know, even if it's a case of like getting somebody to clean the car, it's like even down to those things, like either accept the fact the car is going to be dirty or ask someone else in your life to do it or just go and do it. Like, and personally, I would just accept the car is going to be dirty. That's just the way I am because that's my priority. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really care about that. But again, it comes down to our priorities, doesn't it? It comes down to what's important for us in our lives. Like I'm not going to go and get the car cleaned because that's not a priority to me. But there are a lot of other things for me that will be a priority. And I think for me, for, for me personally, especially this summer, I have, as I said, I have been kind of tested in the, the productivity and priority management sphere that I have really focused on what is important and what is my priority each week, each day. And, and I will also just add that um, try not to map out like your entire week uh, on a Sunday. Like I know there's people that say that like Sundays are planning. Yes and no. Like we all at this point either use an online calendar or maybe still have a paper calendar like diary. Um, we know which appointments we have that are time scheduled. Those are already going to be in there. If we can look at the week, look at how many hours we have each day and then just plan out the next day. Like don't plan out the whole week. We have to allow space for, for life to happen around us because there was a point in my business where I was like mapping out every second of my life. And then I felt like an absolute failure because I'm not having the shower at the time I said I was going to have a shower and all these crazy things. And that was when basically it pushed me to the point where I was like, I can't keep doing this. And I took what I couldn't do and started building out these systems. I now use in my business and teach other people to use. That was so good. I I'm hearing so much of myself in, in everything you're saying in this, in this interview, because I, I'm, I'm sure others are as well, because it's, it's so easy to, to fall into all of these traps. But I mean, on the subject of priorities, I also want to ask you about what some of your bigger priorities are on a more personal level. And do you schedule that time in as well? Yeah. So interestingly, we obviously talked a little bit about my, my health and my, and my fitness journey. I think one of the things that's been very, very obvious to me is since starting my business, um, or at least I guess since I left my nine till five and went further in on my business, it has been very difficult. I'm not going to lie. It was very difficult for me to manage my health and fitness versus my business. Because as I said earlier, there's, as an entrepreneur, it's, there's always something to do. And I, at the beginning, I, when I first left my nine to five, I would sit down and I'd be like, I'm going to have a shower, but I'm just going to do this. And it would be 4 PM. My husband would come home. I hadn't had that shower. I was still sitting in my computer. I hadn't eaten. And there was, you know, I was on this direct route to burnout. And so after that kind of experience, I fell out of love with 
health and fitness. It was, you know, at the point at which I decided I was going to pivot my business. And then as that was happening, I just fell out of love with it. But I have now got to the point where I'm starting to enjoy fitness again in a certain way. Like I've been walking and that's kind of what I stayed with. That was my priority um, because I felt like that's something I can do. Plus I could take a podcast, I could listen. I felt like I was still learning. Um, I've recently started doing Pilates, which is something that I am prioritizing. And it's been really easy for me to commit to it consistently and not feel like I want to skip it or that it would be easier for me to just stay at my desk. And I think that this, this summer has proven to me that I, you don't need as much time to do certain things as we think we do. And so it has allowed me to kind of step back into a gym, step back into doing, you know, some, some fitness and workouts that feel good because there'd be, you know, I've certainly had those moments where I've been like, you should know what you're doing and you should want to do this because this is what you used to do for a living. But I'm okay with the fact that that's not how it is for me right now. I didn't grow up athletic. It's not something I spent my entire life immersed in. It was something I kind of fell into just a few years ago. And I still prioritize certain things. I prioritize that morning routine. I prioritize time with my son where I try to not have, I'm not perfect, but I try to not have my phone around. Um, and especially as he starts school in just a week, um, you know, when he, when I pick him up from school at 3 PM, my goal is to not have my phone with me between him, me picking him up and going, him going to bed. Like if we're spending time together, that is my goal. Um, and that has been something I've been inconsistent, but trying to do this year. So there are things that, you know, they are really directed at my family. One of the goals I had this year for, for August was to take, we took four trips as a family, like small weekends. And I wanted to go away without my laptop and I did it. And I'm really happy that I did do it because it would have been so easy for me to just go, I'll just take my laptop. But it was, it was fine. I survived. The business survived. It was fine. And I wasn't worrying about work while I was away with them. So those are the kind of things that I am trying to get better at as a parent. Um, and also for myself to, as I said, with my health and fitness, just trying to prioritize those things and manage it the best I can it is not always easy for me. Um, it's very easy for me to get hooked into doing, but more recently it's been easier for me as I found something that I'm feeling really good about. So good. There's so much great stuff there because I, I think, uh, one of, one of the big themes there that you touched on too is having boundaries around technology, which is sort of an underlying, uh, undercurrent, I think of this entire thing, because so many of us get so attached to our laptops and our phones and social media and stuff like that, that then time just goes out the window because we just get buried in these, in these busy tasks where we're not actually doing anything significant that will either move the dial on our business or if you're not a business owner, just like bringing more joy into your life instead of getting sucked into the comparison trap on Instagram. It's so easy to do and yeah. setting some pretty strict boundaries around that, I think are really, really crucial. Yeah. Just last, just uh, the other day, just a little story. My, um, my son has an iPad and I allow him to have the iPad. I am that parent who is fine with him having it. Cause I'm aware of the fact that he is going to be growing up in a world where it's just second nature. I mean, he knows how to use it really, really well. And he has done for years, but I didn't take his iPad out with us and he was getting really upset. And I was like, Grayson, stop getting upset about your iPad. And I stopped and I thought to myself, if I forgot my phone, I would be pretty annoyed as well. <laughs> and I so realized, true. <laughs> yeah, I realized like I'm telling him, but I'm being such a hypocrite because if I forgot my phone, like I know it's not the end of the world. Obviously I'm older, so I can establish that it's not the end of the world and it's just sitting at home waiting for me. And your but, business is on, is largely tied to your phone as well. So that yeah. is important, but still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it was only a few, it wasn't, it wasn't even that long, but he was getting so upset. And I just thought to myself, my gosh, I'm such a hypocrite because this is exactly, you know, I wouldn't be happy if I suddenly realized I forgot my phone and I barely ever forget my phone. It's always there. It's like, you know, I am of that, you know, I think like you of that generation where I remember a time when we didn't have mobile phones and they weren't attached to us at the hip. And so 
you know, it's, it's that I, I realized that, you know, I'm being a bit of a hypocrite by saying to him, you don't need to be upset about the fact that you've not got your iPad, but yeah, it's, it's a practice. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Melanie, where can people find you? Because I want to make sure that everyone can access all of the, the amazing knowledge that you're putting out there into the world and encouraging people to throw out their to-do list because we all need more of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So my website is um, melanienights.com. And you can find me, my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram. It's Melanie underscore nights 87. Um, I hang out there. I'm always on Insta stories on the daily basis. And I'm always sharing productivity tips on Instagram and just giving you insights into my family and how I manage my work as well. And I also share a little bit about, you know, body image and how I ended up where I am as well. So I kind of, I cover a little bit of all things related to me because it's, it's all part of why I do what I do. Well, exactly. Right. I mean, this is the thing is that when we're, when we're entrepreneurs, uh, in sort of the space that we're in, we are our own personal brands and that, that really translates too. So absolutely. And I have one final question. So if you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. Way to put me on the spot. Okay. Um, I would, okay. I would say go back to that time think about a time when you were younger because for most of us when we were younger let's say before we hit you know 15 16 um we had these these ideas of what we could do and we weren't blocked by other people's expectations um it's one of the things that i become really aware of when i'm doing my morning routine is i often think about that person for me before my dad passed away. So before I was 16, it was kind of that before and after for me. I always go back to that. And I think about a time when I imagined, you know, living in America and I imagined, um, you know, running my own business and, and being that lawyer. And even though I don't want to do that now, but all of these things, I, it never occurred to me that I couldn't do them. So I would always encourage people to go back to that and kind of feel how they felt back then that that person that little girl little boy who didn't have any limitations on them i hope that answers your question absolutely it does no i think that's incredible and i think so many more of us could stand to check in with our younger selves on a much more regular basis because oftentimes we just get caught up in life we get caught up in the to-do list <laughs> like all of those types of things and then we can't really see the forest for the trees and we're totally blocked so i think that that's really, really helpful advice. And Melanie, I just want to thank you so much for your time because this has been a pleasure. You have shared so much of yourself with us. This has been amazing. Thank you so, so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. I've loved it. Thank you. Perfect. And everywhere to find Melanie will all be listed in the show notes. So Melanie, thank you again. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. I don't know about you, but I learned an absolute ton in this interview from Melanie. And as I always do from her, I love that there were so many really cool underlying themes, including things like compassion and stepping into discomfort and getting really clear on what our intentions are. I think that those are things that any of us can apply to our everyday lives to see massive results that will pay us back tenfold. And at the end of the day, it's all about growing and being a little bit kinder to ourselves. So to find Melanie and all of the information to get a hold of her and to check out any other previous episodes on the podcast, make sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com for all the full show notes. And if you would take a screenshot and share this on Instagram, I would love to connect with you. I've been getting so many people who have been putting up the episodes And my heart absolutely explodes with joy every time somebody does that. It makes my entire day and I would love to get to know you a little bit better uh, by connecting on Instagram. So I'm over at Emily Goff Coach. That will also be uh, linked up in the show notes and on my website. And I will see you guys over on the gram. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. 
And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.